G'day and welcome to Aussie Vision. I'm Dale. Hey, g'day, I'm Mike. And welcome to our wash-up of the Eurovision 2021 contest. We've had a couple of days since the initial reaction and we like to kind of just analyze give it a few days to kind of work out where things are at uh, don't we michael we'd like to have a sleep as well Dale, yeah, true, which was kind much. of uh, but yeah it's nice to let the emotions settle down also things tend to emerge a couple of days later trends tend to emerge things like that so it's always good to discuss with a little bit of gap in between yeah indeed with a wash up some good things come out of that and some 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 interesting things come mm. out as well but look let's start before we even get to the songs michael can we just talk about the fact we had a contest that Netherlands and Rotterdam did an amazing job of hosting this huge extravaganza in the middle of a pandemic. Yeah, I don't think it can be understated. I thought the organisation of the contest itself was top, top notch in very, very difficult circumstances. We did see COVID rear its head a couple of times, but it did seem to be very much under control. Crisis comms were very clear, all that sort of stuff. The organisation, I thought, was impeccable. So I thought the perception of how they handled it was very, very good. Yeah, it was inevitable there were going to be some kind of positive cases. They just happened to be some of the very, yeah. you know, very, very um, top lot of people with the mm. Duncan and, and obviously Iceland as well. But then everyone was kind of waiting for a domino effect and it never happened. Yeah. So there was tens of thousands of tests. There was a handful of positives. That was always going to happen. So well done, Rotterdam. Well done, the Netherlands. I, I think it shows the protocols that they had were effective and, and were well thought out. So what about the show itself? I mean, what did you think of what they put on? Well, cracking show, I thought. I thought the hosts, particularly Nikki, was a standout. She was very, very good. She was a foot taller than everyone else as well, which was kind of hilarious. Um, I thought it was really, really well done as far as pacing went, things like that. And as far as the grand final, I think it was probably one of the best grand finals of the last decade or so. Fantastic. Great pacing, great host, the show, the stage, the way that it made it feel like such a bigger crowd than it was. Mm. They they did remarkably well, so really good hosting. Even the interval acts, some of them are a bit artsy and funny, <laughs> like BMX guy and dude with silver skirt Love on or whatever. story of Game yeah. of Thrones and BMX bandits. Exactly. So there was some pretty odd stuff, but they didn't overplay it. They just kept it kind of short and sharp and, and just got on with it. So well done. Well, well done. All right. Well, look, we had a result. We do all know that Manaskin won was Idia Borni, and we were all very happy about that, particularly myself. Now, Mm. we went through that in great detail the other day. So we want to kind of have a look at this top lot and see, I guess, what came out of these results, Michael. And I think we spent a lot of this season talking about how is Europe going to feel? Do they want to have a party? Do they want to have an emotional moment, a goosebumps, or do they want to rock it out or whatever it is? What do you think from those results? Not just the winner, but the top lot. Um, What do you think the sentiment was? Yeah, I think sentiment was such an important thing this year. It really was going to dictate who who did well and who didn't. So we got a bit of a mixed bag. In the end, our winner you know, tells me that Europe wanted to kick COVID in the nuts, <laughs> basically. And, mm. But as my second and third place says, well, there was time for emotion as well. Yeah. Um, also a very high score for Finland. Again, that rocking out, nah, we just want to get out there and just have some fun. So mixed emotions, because obviously it's regional in Europe as well. But um, yeah, Italy winning was the, uh, the banger we kind of needed. Yeah, a different mm. type of banger in a yes. way. And I felt like Europe wanted to let loose. And even we wanted 
wanted to let loose. You know, yes, things are better in Australia, but it isn't totally back to normal. So there was an element of like, we have Eurovision back. Let's let's let it all mm. out. And I think a big thing that came through with a couple of these acts, and it wasn't just the rock genre, even though that got over 500 points if yeah. you had those two together. Terrific. So it can work. It might need a pandemic, but rock can work <laughs> at Eurovision. Um, so like that worked. But it was also these acts were kind of like live performances to me they, they felt like they were in the stadium they were presenting something that we're not seeing we're not seeing music um, festivals and I felt like that was what we were seeing from Azitia Borne a big rock live stadium thing or from a Ukraine for example exactly. they put on a big performance exactly yeah, yeah. compared to something that looked a bit music video-y which is like a Malta even Lithuania to a point mm-hmm. even to a point Iceland because it was a video um, and then you had the other side was musical theatre and theaterness of a Barbara Pro you know john's tears which of course we don't get a lot of at the moment too because mm-hmm. of the pandemic so again I live that liveness per- live came performance aspect i yeah. felt was it was a big thing it was a very very big thing also you've got to say great great competition for languages oh fantastic wasn't it it's great to see like was it 50 percent were not in english in the top 10 this uh this year which is incredible well, you look would have the, thought look at the top two we've got uh, italian we've got french we've got french, french again, again. <laughs> we have english with fourth place but then we come in with ukrainian and yeah. fifth like that is four out of the top five that is incredible i've got to say with all those languages and those five you've just talked about for example um they did translate the message it went beyond language yeah i didn't need to speak italian to get what he was going on about nor did i need to speak french to to understand barbara's you know Mm. angst etc so they did they managed to transcend language with those kinds of uh of those entries so very cleverly done and the authenticity of those acts as well it mm. wasn't just because it was in language but that it came with it in a way mm. even russian woman like being in russian they got that message across as you said and got a top 10 result when probably not expected to happen would barbara have come second if she'd sung in english no no way not a chance absolutely no way. and would but, a zitia bonnie one even yeah. mm, maybe possibly <laughs> <laughs> also you got to also with that group there's groups as well so again groups have not done well for ages and we had um three in the top five uh, in the th- top five or, or mm. even four of the top six maybe Something like that. A lot of groups anyway at the top, <laughs> which is another massive thing. This was a mm. year that Eurovision was turned on its head. Yeah, it was good to see. It was good to see something different. And groups normally don't get embraced. So fantastic to see somebody like Italy take the crown. I'm calling this a 2003 moment. We have moved beyond Ooh. the Scandi pop kind of 2010s and we are into something that we don't know what it is yet but i think this is a moment of change it's been coming it's yeah been coming. i know so everyone's going to buy symphonic songs rather than swedish songs next year oh, well because we didn't have one this year we did not have one from symphonics which mm. was interesting to note the last thing i want to talk about this top group here is something that hasn't changed in national finals this year we saw the least amount of national finals ever with only 14 but first and second came out of national finals. There's barely been a winner who doesn't come out of national finals in some variety. Conchita, Duncan, you find me someone else, you got to go a long way back here. So it's still a victory that you need to win over the people of your country first to go on and take the crown. I think it certainly helps, doesn't it? If mm. you can get your country behind you and people are familiar with your song, almost go along with the journey. We've seen with Australia Decides, for example, songs that performed at Australia Decides, by the time they hit the stage, it's a completely different thing. So, yeah, it's interesting. I, I, I love a national final myself. Um, and obviously the results are saying if you want to win, yes, a national final is probably the way to go. If you want to have a good result... 
which some nations aren't completely averse well, to. <laughs> yeah, that's a whole other research methodology and, uh, you know, some academic paper on that one, mm. I think. But good for national finals when statistically it was going to be the least probable year for that to happen. So mm. well done. Keep doing them. True. True. All right, talking about voting. Oh, gosh. Michael. Yes. Look, there's always a few things that get thrown up here around voting. Number one, look, the top three countries didn't go terribly on each other. They didn't put each other last. Which has been a bit of a thing yeah. of late, hasn't it? They favourites don't vote for favourites. They weren't super friendly. Italy gave three points to France, nothing to Switzerland. France gave nothing to Italy, seven points to Switzerland. Mm. And Switzerland, who doesn't know how the game works, gave eight points to Italy and 12 points to France. So Aww. nice on you. Good on you, Switzerland. They were jury scores, were they? They were the jury scores. No wonder they came third. Yeah. They gave everyone else points. <laughs> but let's let's have a look at, at Moldova here. Oh. This we've got to talk a little bit about this. Very interesting results. It got eight lots of twelve points in the semi-final. That's a lot. That's a lot. And it also got three last places in that semi-final. Televote we're talking here. We are talking about televote here. Okay. In the grand final, a lot of those countries that put it first in the grand final were putting it around nineteenth, twenty-first, massive drop there. It certainly is a very unusual kind of result to have. I think the extremes, there's nothing wrong with dropping your tally vote from a semi-final to a grand final. 10th or 11th, 12th, yep, normal. But the extreme of it, I'm sorry. And also the countries that were involved, fairly small nations voting. Let's leave France out of this one for a moment. Possibly easily manipulated is what I'm going to say. I'm not going to say anything. I'm going to like... Are they going to sue me now? Not no, you. totally. Let the, <laughs> what ESC Extra did a really good recap of all the different results. And look, one or two countries doing this, there's a lot of them. And mm. I do think it is something that needs to be looked at. Things like this happen all the time in juries. All different nations do this kind of stuff. But wow, when you're starting to see this happen in Televote, it, it concerns me. It and it concerns me for the... the integrity. The, the or, integrity of those semifinals. The perception. Yeah. If this is all fine and above board and just a lot of statistical anomalies, mm-hmm. a lot of them... Just for the same act. For the same act, <laughs> then I have questions. Mm. But look, it's a bit unfortunate that that's come out of it. Because, hey, we, we kind of went on a journey with Natalia. We end up quite liking it in the end. We did. <laughs> All right. Well, let's move on from the voting controversies. And let's look at some of the nations that did really well here, Michael. Let's start with Finland. We mentioned them before. We kind of had a blind spot for them. But look, they came sixth place. This is their equal second best result of all time. Amazing for them. They really deserve it. And, you know, um, they're best since Lordy. Yeah, look, I've had my issues with this song um, and its lyrical content, I'm not going to lie. But you can't begrudge Finland a terrific result. Obviously, this caught, you know, the attention of Europe. And and it was that kind of, uh, what do you call it, nostalgic. But people who vote, this was their teenage years. So mm. it was it really captured a lot of people's imagination. I thought it was a bit ho-hum, to be honest. Came out, thrashed your hair around, blah, blah, blah. But look, obviously worked for a lot of people. And well done. Great result. Yeah, really nice to see with the Finns. They're very dedicated to Eurovision, so great to mm. see a good result. And I expect to see about four rock acts in a row from Finland coming up. <laughs> exactly. Like they did after 2006. Uh, we've got to say, Portugal, first time sending an English um, language song. This could have gone disastrous, disastrously wrong. In the end, 
they got left-hand side of the scoreboard. Remarkable for Portugal. Yeah, well done to Portugal for taking a risk. I mean, this did get vote second and second in jury and tally vote to get through, so they maybe weren't completely on board with the English language song. But what they did was maximise what they had, and they thought about it, and they gave us a real show with, with, with so many little elements in it which made it a great package. So, you know, a lot of other, you know, uh, delegations could probably take a leaf out of their book. Yep, don't need always big props or pyros no, or something to exactly. make something memorable and stick. Mm-hmm. Maybe and being a repetitive song does help so far. We've seen a lot <laughs> of that. Um, and the last thing we want to talk about, which sounds like it's a bit of a weird one to say as a positive for someone who, you know, tested positive, Iceland. Um, I thought it was a great contest for them. I thought the song always had its limitations. I thought fourth was probably the top level you could get. And really, Iceland were kind of the subject or the du jour of, of the last year. And it was wonderful to see that kind of zeitgeist come out in the show. Everyone loved Iceland, including the Yaya Ding Dong. Yeah, it wasn't it played very well by Iceland. Um, look, I think you could write an academic paper on this one. There's so many levels. Um, he clearly would have won last year. I think we could put that to bed. Yeah. If he got fourth with this, he would have won. He would have won. Year. He would have probably won in a landslide. So, you know, they did put in a big PR effort and you could see it. Um, ultimately, when it got to the contest, he kind of fell at the last hurdle, you know, so it was had one hand tied behind its back. So, look, maybe the PR helped it get fourth. Maybe the PR meant nothing and it was always going to get fourth anyway because people just loved it and loved his quirkiness. Who knows? It was, But, look, it's a terrific result for them to yeah. not even be on stage and come fourth is fantastic. And one of Iceland's best results in absolute years since mm. they came second back in 2009. And we keep forgetting about they came fourth. That is incredible. And, and you know, having the Yaya Ding Dong guy on is just genius. Yeah. Like, it's bloody genius. Everyone you know. loves Iceland now. So going I mean, into next year... too late. You've already voted. But, yeah. but no, but I mean... <laughs> I just think the Netflix and every Netflix mm. and everything is it, they are the kind of countries go through this where everyone like loves them and everyone loves Iceland. No one right loves now. Australia. <laughs> we'll get to that. Um, so that was the pauses for a couple of countries there. On the on the more probably I guess disappointment or maybe the return on investment didn't mm, come through the return here. On investment. Let's start with Malta. Um, big favorite going into it finishes seventh. I mean, normally you'd say Malta finishing seventh is a good year, but they were gunning for that victory, weren't they? Yeah, I'm not going to say it's in the Francesco Gabbani areas of tanking when you hit the ground, but I don't think it's far off. It came in a very strong favourite. It was winning every pole uh, leading in, and then they just... I just don't get it either. They were underprepared and then trying to catch up for lost time, or they were overprepared and overthinking it and just got it completely wrong. I think there's a bit of both there. Um, It's just... Look... I personally thought the song wasn't fantastic, to be honest. It was probably finished a bit higher than where I thought it should. But, with yeah, there was a lot of PR that went along with this. And, and ultimately, I think they'd be very disappointed with 7th. Yeah, I think the... Was 7th, wasn't it? 7th place. Yes. <laughs> and I think, as everything we spoke about, what stood out was everything Malta wasn't. I think everyone recognised it was a great song. But would you say that was authentic? Do you think it gave a live performance? Did it kick COVID in the balls? I don't think so. I think it was just a well-produced, slick kind of thing. 
bit Swedish. You would see this at Mel- Melody Festival. Mm. And we thought this would work. And, and to be honest, I thought it might have done a little bit better with Jury, and I thought it would definitely done a little bit better with Telly. Yeah, I think it was a Telly vote that, that I was quite shocked about. And, and yes, Running Order impacted to a point, but at the same time, people didn't connect with the song and the performance. Let's not forget it did win the semifinal, though, Dale. Uh, it did win a very tight and a very tough semifinal. So, like, yeah. it was obviously doing pretty well there. But once it got with the others... Well, the ones that beat it, it, it wasn't up against, was it? Yeah, true. Very, very true. Other than Ukraine. Ukraine. Yeah, it's the only <laughs> one. But all the others, it wasn't. So yeah. it just got a bit found out. And mm. it's it's sad, but I hope they keep coming back. And I'd love to see Destiny back in a few years. Let her maybe just mature a little bit as an artist. She's very young and she's that good now. What's she going to be like in five years' time? Let her be... Let her find who Destiny is yeah. and what she wants to sell. I don't want to see a, a cheap Lizzo. I want to see Destiny. Yeah, yeah, true, true. The other one, oh, this was this was not a good return on investment. San Marino. Ouch, 22nd place. Um, we all very much thought they'd be getting their best result at the very minimum, and they didn't. Another and 13 an, televotes. Another one, the televote went uh, AWOL on this one, didn't it? They have spent a lot on this. Mm. They have spent a lot. So whether they can be in the competition next year, hope that, hopefully they don't have to go very far. They don't have to go to Italy. That helps. Um, look, I think they'd be incredibly disappointed, particularly getting uh, Flo Rider at the actual performance. Mm. Yeah, you would, you would be thinking you're pushing top 10 not not 22nd wow and I think for all it goes to show all that publicity beforehand all the freaky trips all that really didn't account for much or maybe it got her in because she only just got through to the grand final exactly so she was one of the in. she was one of the few artists doing promotional visits around Europe during a pandemic I don't I mean personally I think it's a little irresponsible but you know they were trying they were they spent a lot on this and you would normally say San Marino making grand finals a great year but for what they put in disappointing unfortunately mm. And the last we want to talk about, like, again, not a bad result here, but again, return on investment, Bulgaria. They finished 11th. They finished outside the top 10. And that's not terrible, but twice in a row now, they've had a song going into the contest, Bones in uh, 2018, this year. They were one of the favorites, at least in the top three, four, and they finished outside the top 10 again. Got to be a little bit disappointing for the Bulgarians. I would think so. I think they had high, high hopes, and they obviously spent a lot on that staging. That did not look cheap. Um, I'm a bit, I'm a bit torn with Bulgaria. Part of me, I love their competitiveness, and I love how they want to win. And you can tell. Good on you. You're not in it for you know, yeah. spiders. Uh, <laughs> but at the same token, you just got to be careful about how much you want it, and and maybe they're a little too calculating about it and not letting it be free. Like, let's have a Bulgarian artist who comes up with a Bulgarian song and does something Bulgarian, not, it's not kind of you know what I mean? Like, it, it, rather than being sanitised and, oh, this should work for juries and this should work for this and it becomes a formula, just let it be authentic because authenticity is not coming through, I don't think. And I think that's happened for the Televote for Malta and Bulgaria. We know what that's like. I think people perceived Australia like that, mm. particularly 2017, 2018, and you saw us change track. Um, it's going to have ups and downs, but yep. we'll talk about that later. Mm. All right, talking about downs, Michael, let's yeah. get on to the big five. Now, it was the grand final was bookended. At the top, we had Italy and France, but down the bottom, we had Spain, Germany, and UK. Uh, 
triple zero there. Yeah, call the yeah. police. It's triple zero in Australia for the emergency services. And we had four, obviously, but we just want to talk about the big five here. Those three, what's going on? It was a really one of the sort of moments of the grand final, an unfortunate moment, wasn't it? First four acts in the Talivo got zero. Look, uh, who are we going to hit on first? <laughs> let's start with UK. Oh, okay. Really? Can we go? Can we do them last? Okay, let's do Germany. <laughs> let's do Germany. Um, okay, look, Germany, I think, took a risk this year. They they went with a very untried artist and went for something completely different, which normally they don't do. Mm. So, look, it didn't work this time, but I will encourage them for taking a risk at least. I'll, I'll give them that. So, yeah, what do you think of Germany? Well, look, I think every, and we've spoken about this before, every six, seven, eight years, Germany gets a good result. Fluke's a good result and they seem to get let off. Yeah, yeah but at the same time, I think their national finals have been very good. They've just overanalyzed it like they did in 2019 with a really bizarre system and got the wrong act to go. Mm. I think they've had really good acts that get would get votes. I think an Ali Ryan would have got votes. I think Lily Amongst Clouds would have, Vox Club would have in another. Mm. Vox Club this year would have gone off it's almost like they put them through so many filters that by the end of it you, you just get sisters get, you get yeah exactly you just get the most dirge that you that offends nobody so they've know. got acts there go back to national final in my opinion i agree i don't mm-hmm. i think that it got found out that it couldn't really bring it live unfortunately because i thought the song was a interesting one to put forward that was a terrible song don't anyway let's awful. talk about spain let's talk about spain i'm gonna say i feel a bit sorry for spain because i think I, if I was in their delegation, I don't know what I'd do because I'd be like, I've tried Operación Triunfo that gave us young acts that didn't work. We've tried this internal. It's just not hitting the mark. Um, so they've gone for like, I don't know. Personally, I thought Blast was okay. But the last two years, he's delivered that strong, almost commercial sounding song, which in theory, juries vote for, right? And it hasn't worked. And and I don't know. Wasn't I, that commercial? I feel a bit sorry for, for Spain here. I think they'll eventually strike gold, but I'm not entirely sure how they're going to do it. It says they feel it the most out of it in terms of, I guess, commerciability in Europe, despite everyone stealing a bit of Spanish language in their songs. I mean, they tried Lavenda. You couldn't get more Spanish than Lavenda, Dale, and it flunked. Well, <laughs> this is, I think, where they get things wrong, where they got the staging wrong with Lavenda. They were unlucky to go last because I think the performance was actually really good. Mm, true. Um, the staging was wrong. They stuffed up in 2017 by rigging the rigging the, rigging the, gr- rigging and the national final. And would have gone and got a decent result. I think top exactly. 20 at least. Um, I think, obviously... Say yeah, there was nothing wrong with that. Staging was terrible again. It just came after Russia. (laughs) But also, it's just these things. There's always one thing wrong, one thing right. I thought staging was good this year for for Blast. It did make a lot of sense, but it looked good. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But then... But his song and whatever just got found out. So maybe one year they'll get both right. There we go. Select the the right person, get the right staging, get the right song. They've tried singing in English. They've tried singing in Spanish. I think they're trying a lot of stuff. Fingers crossed one day they'll just hit it out of the park you know it does feel like there's a bit more effort going into it than i must say the uk next yes. let's talk about it let's james it. newman i thought good artist the song was good enough to do something i mm-hmm. think it let's be honest it was a staging and the live performance that really i guess fell apart it was woeful absolutely woeful and it was woeful from an imagination point of view oh it's eurovision let's do a couple of big trumpets okay so what do the trumpets do 
Well, we just lower them to the ground and they sort of glow in different colours. What does that even mean? Like, what is that? That's something you see on Strictly Come Dancing when somebody comes and does a guest performance. It's not cutting it. Now, I know, and I've heard this a lot, oh, the guys that do BBC Eurovision also do a lot of other shows, so they're trying their hardest and, and, you know, they've only got limited time and resources. Well, I think you should demand more. You know, you're allowing yourselves to be 26. No, I'm sorry. They might be the nicest people on earth, but they're not cutting it. And just this is that was woeful, Dale. Woeful. Yeah, I mean, if if Australia got anything like the UK we're getting over the last 10 years, I mean, Australia's Australian fans are ready to go to SBS and call for the head of the head of the delegation this one year after coming top 10 four times. I know. So if if Australians were getting the results there, like SBS would be burnt to the ground. Um, Got to demand more. Got to expect more. And I know it's a difficult situation because of the local people over in the UK. They were on the right track. The staging let them down. The BMG collaboration thing, I think, will work. You've got James Newman. He's a good artist. Mm. He's not a live performer. He could write a song. You've picked the wrong performer to go live on stage, and then you've put him with that, you know, with that staging. And then, of course, it's going to come 26. Come on. And that little bit of trying to write a banger for Europe and for people, maybe just play to your strengths. Do your Northern Soul, sing it well, get some jury points. Exactly. Get points. Stop it's not about trying to write a Eurovision song. There is no such thing. We said it before. It felt a bit like going into the We Got Love, what we were trying to do, mm. trying to appeal to both, not appeal to anyone. Exactly. Which they didn't a lot. Yeah. Um, at least we got some jury points. Just, just, they just need a big rocket under them, and maybe heads have got to roll. Oh, I feel like we want UK. The thing is why everyone gets so frustrated, yeah. and the UK fans are most, is because everyone wants the UK to do well. If they do well, publicity for the contest oh will go God. through the roof. I know. You know, like, I know. And all we ever get the week after is, ah, oh, they're not going to no, vote for us. They have been, they've been looking more inward here. Anyway, well, let's move should. on from there. UK, let's just hope for the right track, just wrong staging, keep going down it. You'll yes. get there. Just a speed bump right now. Just been quite a large um, was speed, a bump speed bump many, <laughs> for many years, probably. <laughs> all right. All right. Quickly, I'm um, going to just touch on this very quickly now. Let's talk about some of the streaks that have been going really well. Got a big hands off to Ukraine. 12 uh, qualifications in a row. Ukraine, aren't they so good? Amazing. Sweden are on eight. It might have been their worst performance or uh, ranking since 2010, but still eight qualifications in a row. Let's talk about Cyprus. Six qualifications in a row for the size they are. Amazing. It's a very small broadcaster, and, and, and it's a small nation, so to have that amount, and people might go, oh, yeah, but they just bring the same stuff every year. Who cares? You're in the grand final. You're putting on a terrific show. They should be so proud of themselves, Cyprus. Yeah, totally. And they're keeping a lot of gay men happy with those female bangers, <laughs> um, myself included. <laughs> Israel, five in a row. And again, mm. really good from a bit them. underrated, the old Israel. They are a little bit. Um, Bulgaria, four. Norway, four. Albania is a big glow up here. Three in a row. All Albanian language. They've really turned things around. It's and see what happens when you go a little bit authentic and you sing in your own language. You exactly. start qualifying. And finally, Serbia, three in a row after their little blip in 2017. So mm. hats off to them. Michael, other side of things. Got to say, Georgia and Latvia, four NQs in a row, looking like the basket cases at the moment. Oh, definitely. Look, Georgia's got a very odd perception of the contest. I don't know what's going on with Georgia or what they're trying to do. I don't think the Georgians even know. Uh, and Latvia, they're pretty much as bad as their football team. They are woeful. Um, it, and they're not even close. That's the thing. Like... Lithuania, okay, came 11th in 2019 with Run With The Lions or whatever, and they've turned things around. They, they were getting close. These guys aren't even close. No. It's terrible. Yeah. <laughs> 
It's not good. Croatia, three NQs in a row. Very unlucky. You've got to say the most unlucky entry this year has to be Albina and TikTok. 110 points in a 16-country uh, field. That would get you through any other yeah. year. Generally, if you you know if you crack 100, you're pretty much through. Yeah. Well, I'm going to say Denmark and <clears throat> Moldova. Uh, edging them out may have been the unluckiest people. Uh, Denmark, the unluckiest. Yeah. Okay. No, look, I do think Croatia put on a great act, and it's very unfortunate they didn't get through. Mm-hmm. Poland, three NQs in a row. Putting it all into junior, they are not translating this to the senior well, contest. Well, that didn't deserve to get through this year. That was woeful. That was fun, though, wasn't Awful. it? Awful. I still, every time I take off my glasses with her, I'm like, hello, Europe. <laughs> no one ever cheers, though. I'm going to watch that again. And you've got to say, Romania are... Three NQs in a row after never non-qualifying before. And I actually think three decent entries. Hmm. They're just they're just falling short. What's going on with well, Look, everything on paper this year looked good, didn't it? It was hmm. just when it actually hit the ground and you had to do it live, it didn't actually come across. Look, I think they're fine. What they do is generally pretty good. It's just, they've just maybe been a little unlucky. I think they've been a bit unlucky. But hmm, three times in a row, that starts yeah. to be you're a bit more than unlucky there. Mm-hmm. I agree. All right. Well, talking about qualifiers in a row, we've just got a quick little promotion here. And this is for the lovely Ellie from ESE Insight. Ellie Chalkley, one of our favorite people. Oh, my God. Amazing. And also did all the vote reading for Eurovision again, if you ever watched that as well. Um, Ellie's been a big supporter of Aussie Vision way back when when we were tiny. And she was really supportive (laughs) and got us on their show as well. And if you don't know about her amazing tea towels that she does, which has every single result of Eurovision of all time, including where you can see all the NQs of a country. Exactly. About Speaking streaks. of streaks. Totally. Mm-hmm. And she's basically puts one out every year. They're available for pre-order at the moment. She's completely re-swizzled. That's her own technical term. <laughs> the 2021 design to include this year's result. There's even 2020 is in there. I don't oh, know how wow. she's presenting that, yeah. but she's doing something with it. It's going to look better and it's going to be easier to read. We've got one. I love it. It's awesome. So we're going to put the link in the show notes it's totally totally flagulous so we'll put it in the show notes you'll make sense (laughs) of that she's not paying for us for this this is just a great content um, creator um, out there and i really think if you're into your results and since we're doing a wash-up episode it makes sense that to do details we need to talk about details (laughs) so trust us look at our socials we'll put a picture up of the uh 2019 one anyway they're awesome and uh, you've got to get your pre-orders in June, so we'll give you the links there. Great way to support a terrific content creator out there. Indeed. All right, well, look, Michael, the wash-up cannot be complete without us talking about Australia. Mm-hmm. An interesting year for us. Obviously, we couldn't go over to the contest. We did compete still with the backup tape. Mm. Came 14th in the semi-final. What was your feelings about our 2021 efforts? Um, oh God, this is probably another one you could write a book about, to be honest. Um, I think the last 12 months has been a journey, um, unfortunately culminating in a non-qualification. Look, I, I think the performance she did on the live on tape was fantastic. Yeah, like, was really impressive. Oh, my God, you couldn't fault that vocal. Um, unfortunately, it did look like a live on tape compared to everybody else. Yeah. So we were really up against it the minute we weren't going to go. Um, look... Looking at the last 12 months, it did seem there was issues with getting the song. Um, we needed to find a song. Um, and then everything seemed a little rushed towards the end. So, look, 
Mate, would we have qualified if we were in Rotterdam? Maybe not. Maybe we would have. Mm. Who knows? It'll be one of those things lost in, you know, in, in history. It's not the end of the world. We had a challenging song. I was proud of the song. I yeah. thought we had a really good song. So, um, unfortunately, it, it just wasn't our year to get through in a very, very tough semi final. I think if there's any year not to get through, it was probably this one. Um, I probably would have liked to have been a bit closer than the 14th. We got mm. 28 points all up, um, two in the telephone. <laughs> Oof. Yeah, but I mean, Oof. we looked at, we looked like a video clip. Exactly. And everything we talked about, what everyone's loved from this year was all the lies. It was the live performances, and we looked completely yeah. the opposite. So. so, of course, it was always going to be difficult. Hey, we didn't come last in the semi. That was the most important thing. And I think if we were live there, we would have been truly borderline about mm. making it through. Um, very tough semi, for sure. Look, it's it's not the end of the world. It's a year for, that, for it to happen. And also, the other thing we've got to take note of this is that Eastern Europe came for us. All our points, bar two of them, um, which Germany gave us in the jury, came from Eastern Europe, including 12 points from the jury from Ukraine. You seem to be our best mates. They really. are. <laughs> Who's Sweden? It's all about Ukraine for us now. Know, they so, dogged us. They didn't give us a thing. They didn't give us anything. So <laughs> I just think it was an unfortunate set of circumstances which seemed to come together for us at this. I wouldn't take too much into this one result. Uh, we'll have another one next year like this, then maybe we should be start having to think about things. And ultimately, it was an internal mm. thing. It wasn't an, a yes, Montaigne came from Australia Decides, but this didn't come through an Australia Decides thing. That's the right route for us. Mm-hmm. The kind of acts we're getting where we get commercial Australian pop meets indie stuff and they kind of battle it out for our affections. It's going to be very interesting to see what Australia choose next year. Will we have a, uh, like we went real quick with Kate, will we go back safe? Mm. But I just think whatever the best thing's going to do it's going to do and we will be open to any type of musical genre and that's what you want to see in a national final give us a whole bunch of different songs and we'll choose the right one to take forward to wherever we are in Italy yeah very big Australia decides coming up I think to see which direction the fans head in it's a bit of a um, important junction for Australia I agree Australia decides next year, I, I, I personally don't contest. want to see us run back to safety but at the same token I know what fans are like they might go oh we got stung last year Let's let's go for the big ballad and they might do well. Who knows? Yeah. We'll see. We'll see what we get. All right. Well, no worries. Well, look, thanks for joining us for the wash-up today. Yeah. It was just nice to go a little bit more in depth. And, Michael, we do have our season finale coming out on Sunday. As much as it's been lovely to spend all these podcast hours with you all over the last few months, we are looking forward to turning <laughs> off the microphones after Sunday. Pretty much. It's all about national final season, the whole the whole kit and caboodle, and we can all uh, wrap it up in a nice little bow and then um, have a bit of an off-season. Indeed, indeed. Well, like, thanks for joining us for this uh, in-depth analysis, and we'll hopefully um, speak to you on Sunday. Yeah. Thanks for joining us, guys. Thanks for listening. See you later. 